More criticism is hitting Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League in the wake of IGN announcing they would not be receiving a review code. As others started to weigh in, the review code situation was a little bit more complicated than some initially thought because this is a live service game with servers that would need to be turned on. Many were quick to call foul as if the devs were hand-picking review outlets and IGN even appeared to turn vindictive as they published a false headline and misleading article about the game already being discounted in the UK. Then, those who had paid for early access encountered a strange bug which led to the servers being temporarily taken down, and even today the servers have every once in a while needed to be taken down for maintenance. Hopefully everything is ready to go, as I do plan to play this game later today in a separate stream. So if you want to see my impressions and what I think of the game, be sure to check that out. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video because that is the way we open the show. It is a live show, so the video is a little bit longer, and that is because we do live podcasting right here on YouTube. So make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so that you don't miss out on my content. So right before Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League launched, one review outlet has decided to fire off a few more jabs. The general reception of this game from the gaming press has been lukewarm at best, and IGN didn't seem to appreciate being denied a code for the game. And while others chimed in to clarify that even the codes that went out would not be review codes, as the servers were not online yet, so they wouldn't be able to get in ahead of time to play the game and have their review ready to go for day one. Well, that didn't stop IGN from publishing what looks like a retaliatory article with a false headline and misleading information about the game's price quote already dropping in the UK the game's price has not dropped and I will show you what they said so first we will look at what happened this certainly is not the first time that a game outlet or a game has decided to deny codes to certain persons and given that they were simply codes that would only be good once the servers were online for those of the in the consumer base that were there for early access there are theories as to why exactly they were told no Secondly, we will look at the reaction to this. Some are celebrating an outlet with a pattern of misleading headlines getting told, no, you're not getting a code, while others think this is a cause for concern. Lastly, I will tell you what I think. I'm seeing this from multiple angles because I definitely think the negative PR could have been easily avoided here, but theories are forming about why exactly this happened. So, First and foremost, what happened? Well, over the weekend, it was reported by IGN that review codes had not gone out. But more than that, IGN was specifically told that they had been denied a code. According to IGN, quote, Unfortunately, we won't have a review of Rocksteady's new game as a service looter shooter for you right away, as codes have not been sent ahead of time. In fact, Warner Brothers Games informed IGN that it has declined to send us codes at all. Now, many were quick to chime in and say that this was about hand-picking outlets, but it's clear it wouldn't have made much of a difference as none of the gaming outlets will have reviews ready before the game's launch. The standard practice with review codes is to send them to outlets weeks ahead of the embargo, but as a live service game that would require the servers to be ready and running during that time. No other outlets have chimed in saying anything similar. Basically, everybody's... I'm sorry, there are outlets that have chimed in saying similar things, saying, listen, we are not going to have a review ready at launch 
but IGN seems to be one of the only outlets that has been given a direct decline from Warner Brothers. Then IGN took to Twitter on January the 29th to post an image and an article with the false headline and a false claim about the game's price in the UK. And thankfully, they have been community noted for misleading the public. One of my first responses to this this tweet was to say, where's the community note on this thing? It's not true what they're claiming. You can see here they claimed that, quote, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League is currently 37% off in the UK, bringing the price down to 43.96 just days before its launch. And then the image also claims that Suicide Squad is already marked down 37% in the UK before launch day. First, this isn't just false. This is embarrassing. They used an eBay seller, like a, basically a storefront on eBay, like a reseller, as the community note indicates. And IGN, did they post a retraction? No, they did not post a retraction. They posted an update. And even their update is dishonest. They replied to their own tweet and said, update, the deal uh, versus the game collection is now sold out. And then they added the following to the top of their article. Update, January 29th at 8.05pm, the deal price on Suicide Squad has expired and the retailer listed below is currently out of stock. The original article appears below. So they have yet to retract or change the article. I've seen journalistic malpractice in the gaming's media before, but this is absolutely stunning. It's hard not to see this as very intentional and vindictive in light of the fact that they did not get a code. So what has the reaction to all of this been? Well... I did have somebody chime in who had been has been reviewing games a lot recently, and he indicated outside of Diablo 4, it's pretty standard practice for live service games to not send codes and get people in the game early, which sort of makes sense if you think about it. The scope of a project like this, and likely making tweaks and adjustments all the way up until launch date, we clearly saw even in the early access period, there was a bug that needed to be addressed, which may have been alleviated if servers were ready in advance for review copies, but the... The lack of codes is not abnormal. Even Jez Corden said the following, Not sure why people were expecting review copies of Suicide Squad when it's an always online game. It's rare, in my experience, that they'll turn the servers on early just for the press. Diablo 4 was a real rarity. So this is corroboration with what Detective Seeds indicated on my Twitter thread as well. He said the same thing. He was like, this is common practice for live service games. I do see a pretty measured response that I thought was fair. People were saying, listen, this is their choice to do it this way, but don't be shocked if more folks take a wait and see approach. And I don't have any pushback for this. Live service games are untested. And while it makes sense that the servers would not be kicked up and turned on two weeks early for 60 to maybe 100 press outlets it also makes consumers say well i'm gonna wait and see if this game is actually any good i respect that far more than the claims that this game is trash or will be doa some people just don't see this some people do see this as a problem though they actually see the code situation as a red flag upon further reflection and even gaming reviewers saying this is normal for a live service game i cannot agree with this being a red flag if you're interested in the game or you think it will be fun the lack of early access isn't really alarming i would imagine those who have already made up their mind about this game in the negative will claim this is a bigger problem than it really is Now, there is one take I'm seeing that I do think is interesting, and it says, stop sending review codes altogether. 
There was a larger discussion last year about review codes and handpicking outlets to function as an extension of the marketing and not truly serving the public. And I'm not sure what the solution is. We definitely don't have a reliable gaming news standard. Outlets have staff members who console war and impression farm on Twitter. Very clear platform biases have been discovered over the years. Even Jason Schreier of Bloomberg claimed that Starfield only received a solid score on Metacritic because of fan sites. Basically, they padded the numbers by sending codes to sites that they knew would be very friendly to the game. And GameIndustry.biz weighed in last year and said, Starfield review controversy traces games journalism orbital decay. More concerning than Bethesda's decision to withhold early review codes from certain outlets is how heavily some sites are relying on the game to drive their business. And some have tried to equate what Bethesda did with Starfield codes to what has happened with Suicide Squad, and they are vastly different. Handpicking positive outlets is not the same as declining one organization. And the way IGN has responded practically validates the decision to not include them. They blatantly lie to the public about the game in the wake of not getting the code, especially when nobody got an early access review code because of the servers not being online yet. It just even isn't remotely the same as padding your score by excluding lots of outlets from early review access and selecting fan sites to pad the number. So I get someone wanting review codes to stop, given how inconsistent the practice is. It's also hard to fault companies for wanting to do it. There are YouTubers who will post a positive review or even a more lukewarm review, and it gets hundreds of thousands, sometimes even millions of views. And to not even have to pay for that level of marketing, since both the YouTuber and the company benefit, as I said... I don't have a solution. Other than hoping that the public starts supporting those who are honest, have integrity, and hold themselves to some level of journalistic standards. I'm just a YouTuber. I don't have press credentials. And I feel like myself and many other content creators, are we actually hold ourselves to standards that some of the mainstream gaming outlets fall woefully below. I'm even seeing some feedback saying, well, IGN deserved this, right? The way they handled the preview certainly called into question just how fair their review would be. And their insistence on grossly virtue signaling and, in my opinion, being dishonest in their Hogwarts Legacy review when discussing the author of Harry Potter, it's not surprising that Warner Brothers said, you know what, you can buy your own copy now. And that dovetails really well with something else that I'm seeing. People are saying, listen, stop legitimizing bad press. I even had someone in a member stream go so far as to say that IGN has basically become a tabloid at this point. So giving them clicks, review codes, and legitimacy is something many are calling a stop to. Some even think that it is what WB is trying to do here. They're trying to send a message, which is a good transition into telling you what I think. Now, I am going to modify a little bit of what I said yesterday, because I've been compelled to see two different viewpoints on this. First, day of review codes make sense, right? The server thing has been explained by those familiar with review code distribution and live service games. Now I think it would have been easier to just give a code to everyone in the press because you just avoid this sort of nonsense. IGN is going to review the game regardless, and now, giving them another chance to headline grab an impression farm negativity about your game, from a PR standpoint, I really don't support that choice. Let them have a code like everyone else, because it doesn't really change anything. Now they can posture like a victim, and they can make it seem like, well, they didn't get a code because their preview was negative. Tons of the previews were negative, and nobody else has been declined or singled out. So singling out IGN may be a loud and clear message. Yeah, just not you. 
Because, as I've already said, IGN proved the point. Saying you didn't get a code is one thing. Running a false headline in a story is completely beyond the pale. Ignoring what folks think about Kill the Justice League for a moment, this means live service games are going to continue to face uphill battles. If the lack of early access server access is consistently framed as a problem, since that's how some have framed it, and at one level, it's totally fair. A live service game is unproven. And many of them have used mechanics and content approaches that have annoyed players. But it's also time for players to be more open-minded when it comes to ongoing games. Plenty of devs are coming out with games that will be supported in an ongoing fashion. And they aren't all doing FOMO, fear of missing out, or pay to win, or other scummy practices. So the game is basically here. It's upon us. I'm going to be playing it in a live stream and didn't receive a code. I would have declined a code if somebody would have given it to me or I would have just given it away because this is a game I'm looking forward to. So I would rather buy it and give my honest feedback rather than worry about, well, you got a code, so you're being nice. I'm sure anything anybody says about this game that is positive will be dismissed by some, but... I will be highly critical if the game doesn't deliver. When I'm enjoying or looking forward to a game, I tend to be more critical. I tend to be more neutral and less critical if a game really isn't on my anticipated list. So I'm definitely still looking forward to it, especially after looking to the endgame info that they recently dropped. I certainly won't hold back in my criticisms, because that's how I handle games. I was very critical of Jedi Survivor for that reason. It was one of my more anticipated games. But that's just what I think. What do you think? So let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusion here. The game's media and the review discussion is one that I think is worth having. Like, what exactly is the gaming press? What standards are in place to ensure that they're not just marketing mouthpieces? The whole relationship is just not a good setup. The gaming press needs clicks to survive, and the best way to get clicks is not always an honest approach. Combine this with the fact that gaming companies want positive press and marketing, and it's a recipe for some of the things that we've seen recently. Secondly, consumer-driven reviews or coverage is probably the best way forward, but sites like Metacritic do nothing to verify the consumer's purchase, so review bombing is still a reality, and Metacritic likes review bombing because it's good for business. It drives traffic to their website. Leaving the Steam score, of, of, of if you go to the Steam user score, that's probably one of our best resources as a consumer. Along with PlayStation and Xbox, you can go to their storefronts and see how the game is scoring. But in general, I think a lot of the gaming press outlets are expediting their irrelevancy this last couple of years. Console warring and impression farming on Twitter, misleading headlines, functioning more as a marketing effort for a game rather than a reliable review of a product, intentionally being negative about a product because you know it's going to drive clicks, having a mechanism, if game reviews were, you know, you've got this mechanism set up where you're having people review the game of lower skill and they're rushing through the game to hit a deadline, these are just a few of the problems I think that have led to moments like this. My conclusion is this. If gaming companies want to play favorites or put outlets on a blacklist, that's their prerogative. They don't owe anybody anything. And the gaming press should seek to help or serve the consumer rather than themselves, since the consumer clicking on their articles or watching their videos is how they pay their bills. And when an outlet has such a clear drop in standards and journalistic integrity, the market should take care of that. A lot of what I've said today has nothing to do with whether or not Kill the Justice League is even a good game. It's more about getting to a place where the gaming press functions more like journalists instead of quasi-content creators who live and die on their click ratio. But I don't see that changing anytime soon. But those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. 
And good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, guys. Sorry for the late start. I'm still not a hundred percent. I didn't. I didn't feel like that was. Uh, that I was. I was struggling there in the monologue. I don't know what happened yesterday. I'm still not feeling a hundred percent. I suddenly had chills, and I felt like I had a fever, and it was like hard to walk around. You know, when your body just feels like it's betraying you. I don't know what was going on. I feel much better today, but I'm still not all the way back up. And we have to add twelve gifted members already. Alex with two fives and a single from Michael and a single from Alex as well. And that's going to take us to 12 out of the 25. We do have a stretch goal this week. Just like last week, you guys hit the 2,500. This week, if you hit 2,750, we will do the Friday night stream that my wife and I are going to do this week. We're going to be playing Kill the Justice League. And I have to wear a Deadpool onesie. So if you guys want to go crazy and embarrass me, that's something that you guys all seem to like doing. That's what Friday night will turn into. Even if the game is good, it had an uphill battle to succeed as a live service. Uh, it's very, very hard. Um, it's very hard to keep people playing your game for more than a few weeks uh, nowadays. You had chills thinking of me? No. Suicide Squad got Lono sick? No. Yo, a single gift that comes in from Joker Quinn and a single gift that comes in from DK Bagger, the single gifted kings right there. Let me push this to 14. Thank you guys so, so much. I didn't mess with the cameras either. Uh, Let me start the whopper. really really dark it's the white shirt it throws off the white balance it throws off the white balance yeah i look like i'm a, i look like i'm in a freaking dungeon all right that's better not quite as dark sorry about that uh bong yeah sorry i hit my elbow on the boom Basically, to sum it all up, everyone does what they got to do to survive, and the consumer is really king, but like any king, also is easily influenced. Nothing embarrassing about a Deadpool onesie. Oh, come on. A grown adult wearing a onesie? You know. I think the only pushback to give on the servers need to be live narrative is that there is a full-length campaign that could have been played before now. Pretty sure Avengers did this. Yeah, that's coming later though, Omar. You can't play you can't play the um you can't play the campaign offline yet. Now, somebody might push back and say you guys should have built your game to be that way, but they're building a live service game. You know? And if you're building a live service game, they're not going to say, "Oh, we better make sure that you know, we better make sure and 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 get this thing ready so that the servers are ready, or we better make sure we have an offline campaign mode ready so that, you know, outlets can review our game. Like, this game's been in development for how many years? I just think... I don't have a whole lot of... I don't really resonate with people that are like, the the this is what they should have done. I, you make a game then. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like so much of the hate that's been lobbied at this game is all couched in presumptions about live service that are unfounded and they should have made a different game and i don't think those positions are legitimate it's like tiring to constantly have to be like 
well, they should have made this game or they should have done that. Don't freaking play it then. It's so tiring. Like, play something else. Like, I don't... The other games, it's like, I don't sit here and constantly talk about Sea of Thieves should do this or should do that. I've said, I'd play Sea of Thieves if there was a PvE mode, and that's it. And then I just don't play it and don't talk about it. Hope you feel better soon. Uh, You were sick with something similar last week. Yeah, it was really weird out of nowhere. They had the servers live for the alpha. They could have put enough support up for that at least. I get what you're saying, though. Well, but we don't know what their timeline to market was, Omar. They were clearly still doing things up until the midnight hour because the people that got into early access encountered a bug. They took the servers down and then had to patch it. So it's like, who knows with how the game was delayed. They probably didn't have the ability to be like, well, we're going to send out 60 to 100 codes to, you know, X number of outlets. We better make sure the servers are on for them. I mean, I don't know what their timeline was and what kind of maintenance they were doing up to, you know, up to the end. Um, the PVE only mode is terrible, Fozzie. It's like a tutorial. It's not a true PVE mode. Omar says, I alpha this. I was literally in our member section saying this would be better than people think. Uh, I don't have a narrative against it. I, I know. I know that's not what you're doing, Omar, but like that's just so common. It's like, well, they should have done this or they should have done that or they, they should have had the, you know, the offline campaign mode ready. And it's like I, they, they built the game they wanted to make. And I, again, their, their, their ramp up to launch probably didn't have the ability to be like, well, turn the servers on for the press, you know, I, and to be quite honest, the press has done nothing but crap on the game, save like one or two outlets that said they had a good time with it. So if you're Warner Brothers, are you really going to prioritize giving all those people access to your game? You know, like the press has largely been like, this isn't a good game. We don't like it. It's not what we wanted. It's live service. It's it's. You know, it did. We don't like what they're doing with you know the fa- the fact that you actually kill the Justice League. Surprise, surprise. Um, oh, I'm in the wrong chat room in the Discord. Uh, Sven says, "Fellow, it was necessary to bring this back." Hey, Lono, have you been drinking creamer again? Don't you be telling me you dare disrespect your body? I raise you to be a creamer-free streamer. <laughs> oh yeah, what was that? I don't even remember who said that. I'm no doctor, but I would check what creamer you're using in your coffee. Whenever Lona's under the weather, that dude always pops up in my mind. <laughs> no words can describe my concern for health, mental state, and stream ability. I'm telling you this is I honestly care for you. I don't even remember what started that when that guy said that. Tabloids aren't press. Right, but even still, just the subject in general of should they have should they have turned the servers on? Should they have had the servers up and running to you know, so that the press could play it? The, the press, the, the gaming outlets that went to the previ- pre, uh, the preview, right? They, very few of them had anything good to say about it. There has been a very, very consistent effort to act like this game is trash, this game is bad, this, they shouldn't have made this game, live service is trash, live service is bad, and it's just like, I, if, if I was the company, I'd be like, we are not, we are not at all going to try to like rush to get the servers online to ensure that, that the, that the press can have access to the game in advance. 
there was such a sharp juxtaposition to the the feedback that people who had played the alpha were like, can you lift the NDA? What a total coincidence. It wasn't ready for reviews. But it's not a coincidence. Both Jez Corden and Detective Seeds, who's a member here, said of all the times they've ever reviewed live service games, the servers are never ready. They're never ready weeks in advance. The, 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 the Diablo server situation was a rarity. Like, they're not saying the game is good. They're just saying, this is not weird. This is totally normal for a company to be like, no, we don't have the servers ready. We're not going to turn the servers on two weeks early for 60 for sixty press outlets. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Um, hey, we got Javier Cotto, his badge back. I think people are ticked off that Rocksteady is doing a completely different kind of game than they did before. The, 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 the criticisms come in a variety of ways. It's, this isn't the game that we wanted them to build, and there's also, I hate live service. And then, the, it's like a Venn diagram, right? There are people that think, I don't want live service. There are people that think, that's not the game I wanted, and then it overlaps in the middle, and there are people who think both. They're, they think that both, that's not the game that I wanted them to build, and then there's the, the there's the the people that are like, I hate live service, and <clears throat> I, I'm I've still I'm still trying to figure out why people hate live service. Like, what game hurt you? What what game made you say ongoing content's terrible? An ongoing content model is bad. I I what what game what game hurt you so deeply? It's it's live service games can be enjoyable. There are so many good live service games in the market right now and tons of people are playing them. Whether it's an MMO style like Final Fantasy 14 or it's more of an update style like No Man's Sky or it's like Destiny, it's like there are plenty of games out right now that lots of people play and enjoy. Marvel Avengers, for example. I didn't play enough Marvel's Avengers to, like, diagnose what the problem was with Marvel's Avengers. But I don't think it was just that it was a live service game. This is what I think has happened. I think people see a game do poorly, and they're like, yep, it's because of live service. Like, there are people that claimed Anthem Anthem failed because it was live service. It's like, no, Anthem failed because there was no content. Anthem failed because they built it in 15 months. Anthem didn't fail because it was a live service game. Like, you can't constantly point to bad games who happen to be live service games and be like, yeah, live service games are trash. Gotham Knights is not live service? Yeah, Gotham Knights isn't live service. Gotham Knights was like a freaking mobile game with low quality everything. Parasito says, it doesn't make sense economically to turn the servers on for outlets. He says... Turn servers on for 100 people, spend money on servers that aren't worth returns, turn the servers on for everyone, possibly degrading the experience for everyone, including reviewers if they're unstable, hurts game sales. Retask the entire live team to update things and get the game functional for going online again, and then to watch to maintain it. Be prepared for dumpster fires when the servers inevitably hit a bump, and then set a precedent that reviewers can demand that kind of thing and, and get their way. PR nightmare.
I think most people are upset because they bought early release and didn't get their early release. Anthem had a great had great potential. Oh, for sure. That's always a risk. That's always a risk when you pay for early access in a live service game or a game that's going to have servers. If you if you pay for early access in their servers, you, you better just be prepared to to be disappointed. Anthem failed because they didn't go back and do Anthem 2.0. Retail Anthem was a play test. I, yeah, I don't know if Anthem 2.0 was ever going to really turn it around. I think a lot of people had already moved on from the game. But the point is, is that a game that is bad and happens to be a live service game, it's not bad because it's a live service game. Like, what made Avengers bad was that it was a bad game. Now, you could say, oh because they tried to do the live service thing it ruined the game and my pushback would be you would never get a game like that where you have this like massive amount of characters and people to play with it wouldn't even have been the game that we ended up getting so it's like it's always hard to like unknit and re-knit the sweater to be like well they shouldn't have made it live service you would have gotten a completely different game then we don't even know what kind of game they would have built same goes for kill the justice league it's like Kill the Justice League set out when they when they set out to build this however many years ago, they set out to make a co-op looter shooter live service game. And I know people are like, "Why well, they shouldn't have done that?" But it's like you got to consider when they were scoping out this project, what were the hot ticket items? What were the hot ticket games? The only ones that didn't get early access was New Zealand. So they're the only ones that could sh- that should be upset. Not everyone who manipulated their region. The servers were up for others. Are the servers up and running right now? Anthem took two years. This game took eight years. Uh, Avengers, in many ways, had the same issues as Anthem. The characters themselves were fine. The gameplay loop was trash. Campaign was solid. Online endgame was a mess. Right, and and to look at Avengers and just be like, yep, it was bad because it's live service. It's like, there's no nuance to that. There's There's no information. Yo, Big Fesh, I forgot to thank you for 23 months of uh, of memberships. Thank you so much, Big Fesh. Welcome back. By the way, Big Fesh, if you're still here, if you're paying for your own membership, you really want to bump up to the $6 tier. The $5 tier is now purely reserved for gifteds. Avengers had horrible servers. Servers have been up for about 16-ish hours. Okay. EA was panicking over Mass Effect Andromeda and DA4 uh, Dragon Age and sacrificed Anthem for both ultimately. And look what happened with both. I think people's problems with live service games is because they see titles they would have preferred to be single player turn into a gear grind game. And if the end game feels bad, it fails. I, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think people saw what happened with Avengers, and I think people saw like what happened with Anthem, and they were like, if those games would have just launched with solid single-player campaigns, they would have been better, right? Game development needs to be fueled by passion, similar to music, pizza, and late nights. Yeah, but the companies are just too big for that now. That they're that the operations and the, how everything works. It, it can't be like the old days where like six dudes in a basement decide to build a video game. 
Good morning, Detective Seeds. Hope you guys are doing well. Just want to drop in, show support. Yeah, I uh, I mentioned you in the show open, Detective Seeds, because like you said the thing about how, in your experience, live service games don't they don't turn the servers on early, and um, and Jez Corden didn't reply to you. He said completely separate on his own the exact same thing. He basically corroborated what you said that like this is not unusual. That there's no that. People expected the servers to be turned on. Like, what are you doing? John Linneman, he's saying what I said a long time ago when people were dogging on this game not looking that good. He says, I gotta say, the character models in Suicide Squad are among the best I've seen in any recent games. I was trying to tell people that. I was like, the characters look fantastic. Like, compare Harley Quinn to Harley Quinn in Arkham Knight. You know what I mean? What's the actress's name that plays Seer in, 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 in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor? She, it looks like her. It looks like a real person. The problem with Anthem was a great single-player dev was put on a project with next to no experience on top of the small, um, on top of engine issues. Yeah, and on top of the fact that they built the game in 18 months. <laughs> Yo, True King drops a single gifted and takes us to 15 out of 25, tempting somebody to drop a 10 bomb on the chat. Thank you so much, True King. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes for infrastructure that the vast majority don't understand. Live server planning is a behemoth that is basically set in stone early on. Well, right. And so I to me I think the more interesting discussion is do you guys think Warner Brothers was sending a message? What what difference does it make if 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 the code isn't good until day one, right? Or let's just say the code isn't good until the servers are turned on. What difference does it make to give IGN a code? All they did was li- was make it to where IGN could claim victim, like, well, we didn't get a code, and you know, I'm sure they can insinuate that it's because you know they they were negative in their preview or whatever. That's not unusual, says Detective Seeds. I put out my tweet because people thought we were playing early as IGN was losing their minds. In reality, we could not play until yesterday. Right. Same as anybody who pre-ordered the the $100 version. Yes, we will be doing a co-stream of the State of Play tomorrow. We will. Access to play. The agency just sent out codes to have them preload at global launch time. Is that the character Lona was asking about? Yeah, she plays Seer. She plays Seer in uh, in in Jedi Survivor. What's the actress's name? Is that her name? No, that's the character's name. Seer Seer uh, Yunda or Junda. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know the actress's name. Deborah Wilson. Yeah, Deborah Wilson is her name. Yeah, she's she's in she's in Kill the Justice League. And it looks like her. No. Oh no, that's the character. Hilly says, I've changed my position from not liking live service 
to being careful with live service games. I was burned with Destiny 2. They kept adding and selling the same crap over and over again, and the game became a nightmare when taking breaks. They would waste your time over and over just to play the new content in various ways. I like Diablo 4 at the moment because you can skip the base content and play the season content, and they increase the speed of leveling. Destiny made you rerun old content as part of the new season for no actual reason. And Matt comes in and says, I'll get us halfway there. The 10 bomb broken into two. He drops a five bomb on the chat. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate that very, very much. If you guys just got a gifted membership from Matt, you guys can get into our members only discord this Friday night. My wife and I will be playing kill the justice league. And you do need to be at the $6 membership or higher to come to that stream. The last couple Friday nights we have opened to all people. We have opened to gifteds. But periodically, we want to do a, a stream where Madam's on camera and we don't allow gifted to come to that because we've had people who watch because they don't like me get gifted. And we're like, well, we're going to put a we're going to put a barrier up. So she's also in Destiny. Deborah Wilson's in Destiny. Oh, she's Savathun. OK. Getting a lot of work in video games, huh? Destiny, Star Wars, DC. I miss Fight Night, but I bet it was chaotic. Well, Fight Night didn't really work out. We ended up playing Fall Guys because I I thought since Mortal Kombat 11 was on Game Pass and PS Plus, people would install it and show up and just play for fun. And uh, we had one person who had it installed and played, and he beat the tar out of me, and then we were like, let's do something else. So... <laughs> I think it's kind of dope that she plays the roles uh, with her likeness. She was on TV for years, not a mega star or anything, but dope to maintain her likeness like a TV, like a live TV actor. Oh, for sure. I think people have issues with live service games because people don't see the business side of gaming. Like games continually require income flow and that annoys gamers into thinking it's a scam. Well, there are certainly games where I think somebody said a little bit ago, like, well, I wanted this to be a single player game, and instead you turned it into like an online game. You know? And I get I get that I get that sentimentality, I do. But if that's what the developer wanted to make, now you could push back and say, Well, how do we know they wanted to make it, right? Zenimax made Arcane make a multiplayer game and they didn't want to and it turned out terrible. And people have pointed to, you know, the the BioWare situation with Anthem. It's like, well they they shouldn't have made that game. It's hard to know when you read the, when you read the autopsy report, when you read the postmortem on Anthem from Jason Schreier, it sounds like they they never really knew what kind of game they wanted to make. It sounded like it was terrible leadership. It wasn't like, oh, make a, make a live service game, and BioWare was like, we don't know how to make a live service game. It was very, very different. Bear says, why does this uh, for-profit enterprise keep trying to make profit? <laughs> Any game without reviews before release to the public will always be a red flag to me. Live service is not an excuse. No one's making excuses. Live service games don't turn the servers on ahead of time. That's common practice. Like, you know, it's common practice. They say, "All right, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna mess with turning on the infrastructure in the back end." You know, 
Yeah, I don't think people might remember her from Mad TV. I think she yeah, she's looks better now than back then. Companies don't take money unless you are willing to give it. There's no uh, stealing involved. That seems to be the case for Grand Blue Fantasy and Suicide Squad so far. What were there not codes sent out early for Grand Blue? Um, how's that one doing on Metacritic? Uh, let's see. Yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Oh, that's the PS4. Yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink has no scores on Metacritic. Not for PS4, PS5, or PC. It looks like there's four ratings. No, there isn't four ratings. There's no ratings. That's really, really weird. After how well the demo was received, why wouldn't you send copies to the press? Deborah Wilson was also in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, a bunch of kids TV, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Wow, she's done a ton of stuff. It's not released until Friday. Oh, Grand Blue, I played it early. You're right. It's not, it's, it's, it releases on like Thursday or Friday, doesn't it? I had a blast with it. I had a blast with it. It's not released yet. Right, but when early access hits, wouldn't that be the embargo date for the reviews? I don't know. Yeah, Persona, but the Persona game is getting great reviews. I saw that this morning. Yo, it's good, uh, Kid Rhino. Welcome back as a member. I'm assuming Grand Blue is going to get great scores. I mean, I, I, I don't even really play games like that, and I was having a blast with it. Crowded Houses, I don't think they were forced because the quality of the game far outpaces Redfall and Anthem. This game looks like people cared about it. Well, and I can't help but watch the videos of all the developers talking about it, and I can't help but look at the developers and the people that worked on it going on to Twitter to basically be like, you know, this is the game we wanted to build. We're really excited about it. You guys are all poo-pooing it from moment one, you know, and I've continued to say I think the general gaming public... I think the general gaming public is going to respond a lot differently. Grand Blue looks like a 7 out of 10. I think within its I think within its, its genre type, it's it's probably going to get 8s and 9s, I would think, from most outlets. It's a really good game. I know my original, initial reaction to the game was disappointment because Rocksteady innovated on the superhero genre and created the free flow combat system. This game coming from Rocksteady felt confusing. Right, and I remember when people thought the same thing about Bioware, they were like, why the heck are you making a live service game? People thought the same thing with Anthem. Why didn't you just do a single player game? And I think it, it when it's that's a, that's a victim of your own success, right? When you're known for something and you break from that thing, then you you don't you don't get the response that you're you know you're probably accustomed to when all i ever did was cover destiny and i could sit in orbit and talk about anything we could debate star wars we could talk about anything and everybody would watch and if i switched to another game people would leave 
it was like, no. I wasn't even playing a lot of the times. I was just sitting in orbit. But it was the idea that I was in Destiny. And it's like, well, that's what you're known for. I mean, I would literally tell people, hey, I'm going to go play this game for an hour for the bounty board. And if you guys hang out and watch for, you know, 30 minutes, it really will help me. And they would leave anyway. They didn't care. And it's like, it's same idea. It's like, if you're known for single player games like Bioware, you're known for single player superhero games like, like, like Rocksteady, and you break from that, well, people are gonna, people are gonna immediately express that sort of, their, their disappointment, you know? And I think the difference between me and, and, and the people that express that disappointment is like, the, like, like Moon Studios. Instead of making a third Ori game, they decided to do like a top-down action RPG. Well, I mean, obviously I'm a little disappointed. I wanted the third, I wanted the third Ori game. I thought they set it up to where they could do a third Ori game. And, um, you know, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be like angry because, you know, that's what they decided to do. Some streamers are stuck playing the same game forever. For sure. Looking back, you're right, but that was kind of weird. There was a day where I, I distinctly remember it. We were sitting in orbit and I was like, guys, let's keep the conversation going, but I want to go check out this No Man's Sky update and half the people left. It's like I wasn't running strikes. I wasn't running content. I wasn't running bounties. I was just sitting in orbit, but that's all that mattered to them was destiny. You know, and I think that a lot of people look at single player games versus live service games and they're the exact same way. They're like, no, no, I don't, I don't want a live service game. I just want single player games, which is interesting because, you know, the most popular games in the world are, you know, either live service or PVP, some, some multiplayer component. Now, as far as commercial sales go, it's very clear that single-player games aren't going anywhere anytime soon. I remember when people were acting like single-player was on the way out, and it's like, no. <laughs> no, look at the sales last year, right? Single-player games are king. So, I do think that there is a sentiment in the in the gaming community that, like, that's, that's not what people want. They want single-player, so they automatically have, like, an aversion to, to live service and multiplayer games. A five bomb comes in from Quintar and he takes us to 25. The first 25 of the day. I've been gifting as soon as it happens. So now I owe you guys five. I'm going to do it right now. I've been doing that as soon as they, uh, as soon as I owe it. As soon as I owe it to you guys. There we go. Sorry I was one of those people back then. I mean, your Destiny streams were awesome, but that's how I found you. Oh, no, for sure. The way you covered Destiny was so unique. I didn't take offense to it. I didn't take offense. It was just interesting that, like, you... I wouldn't even be playing the game. You know? I don't get that sentiment. I remember when we used to praise game variety. Yes, we will live stream the State of Play tomorrow. According to Sony Data, more time is spent playing single-player games. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I wonder 
if the reason single player games are having you know a such a strong response such a strong response is it because of the age demographic like is the age demographic of the player is that playing a role because the average gamer is like 28 and up well people that are in that stage of life it's so much easier for me to slowly chisel away on a single player game it's 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 so much easier for me to do that than to try to like hook up with the boys and play a multiplayer game individual multiplayer games are the most popular but genre wise single player is the most popular yeah there's like individual multiplayer games that are insane but then when you look at single player it's like single player games crush they crush commercially they 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 their completion rates are really high like like a a hair all of a sudden age is huge i just don't have time to get to to get good at multiplayer married two kids 32 right i'm i'm on dad gamer hours now right i'm 42 and it's like i get an hour sometimes two hours a night to play a game it's a whole lot easier for me to play through that's what i did with prince of persia i hit 23 hours in prince of persia and i was able just to every night every night you know chisel chisel away at that and it's like i can't do that with a multiplayer game it's so much harder Sony says data shows people spend more time playing single-player games. Sony says data shows people spend more time playing COD. So the data says people play COD for three minutes at a time. Well, I thought it was a specific stat about the people, the 48% who buy COD, I thought a large percentage of them, that's all they played was COD. But I don't think that was like a representation of the entire player base on the Sony platform. How much of the sti- how much of the time stats for single player is people in the game but paused or at a menu because the world actually pauses instead of went online? Um That probably inflates the number a little bit, Paris. Like I'll be in a game and then it's time to like go upstairs and put my kids to bed. So it'll be on a pause menu or I'll just be standing at a checkpoint for 15 minutes you know I largely would say that that 15 minutes doesn't represent the vast majority of my time in the game it's like a brief break where I go upstairs you know a couple minutes here using the bathroom or something you know you're going upstairs to stretch your legs you know FIFA sold more than COD Exactly, if you're only playing for two to three hours a night, 15 minutes is a 10% bump. Right, I could see that. I could see that. You know, you're always you're always adding a teeny bit of padding, you know, 10%, and that adds up, right? You got millions of people that get a phone call or, you know, have to, you know, have to, have to take the trash out or have to put the kids to bed or the baby wakes up, you know what I mean? I would I would say that it's it's probably pretty it's probably pretty common for people to do that in a, in a play session. You know, it's probably pretty common. I think Diablo 4 is the middle ground. You can play solo or in a group. 
or the game works when you have 10 minutes to 5 hours. Baldur's Gate 3 is a multiplayer game is kind of dishonest. Oh, people are calling it a multiplayer game? Feels like a single player game with co-op. That's how I always envisioned Baldur's Gate 3. I think people should prepare that we are going to see the same type of review access structure with Helldivers 2. Yeah, Helldivers 2 is coming out next week. You know. Single player is bigger than Power World, CS2, Dota, PUBG, COD, Apex, GTA Online, Baldur's Gate 3, no shot. Yeah, I kind of agree. Baldur's Gate 3, I wouldn't consider that like a multiplayer game. It's like a single player game with co-op. In on me. <laughs> the ibuprofen helped. Um, um, yeah, I was like not feeling well yesterday. Like I finished my monologue, and I could feel something like washing over my body. It was like a a a feverish like I was like I I couldn't get I couldn't get warm, and I didn't have a fever. That was the weirdest part. I felt like I had a fever. Baldur's Gate 3 won best multiplayer at the Game Awards. Co-op isn't multiplayer. I'm not saying it's not multiplayer. I'm saying I wouldn't consider it a multiplayer game. Right? It's a single player game with co-op. I feel like we're being pedantic, but I do think there's a big difference between a multiplayer game where that's central to the game's identity, right? It's like, this is a multiplayer game and a game where it's like, well, it's a single player game with co-op. You can play with other people if you want. You know, how many years has there been co-op in Far Cry? I mean, you, you wouldn't call that a multiplayer game. You would say it's a single player game with co-op. Borderlands, single player game with co-op. I, I, I just took, I don't know if anybody would classify Baldur's Gate 3. Now, of course, it won an award for best multiplayer, but what was the category? What, was that at the Game Awards? What was the, how do they describe that category? Uh, direction, narrative, score, action, RPG, fighting, family, best multiplayer. Alright, it says for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massive multiplayer experiences. So, again, guys, Super Mario Bros. Wonder was nominated for best multiplayer. Like, it's co-op, like it's it's a different kind of multiplayer. Because, like, Diablo's on there and Street Fighter's on there. Those games are, like, inherently multiplayer. I feel like we get lost in the weeds sometimes of these terminologies because, like, for the longest time, when we said multiplayer, we meant a game... Like, when we said a multiplayer game, we meant a game that at its core was a multiplayer game, not a game that has co-op.
Super Mario 3, best multiplayer game ever made. Even that, you're taking turns. You're not playing at the same time. It won an award for best multiplayer because of how the co-op was implemented. Yo, good morning, Feed. I see you in the chat. It doesn't really matter to me. It's just like when we classify multiplayer games, it's like there's Call of Duty, there's Dota, there's Counter-Strike, there's, you know, there's all the Battle Royales, there's, you know, Diablo, and then there's games that have co-op. It, like, is Sackboy a multiplayer game? I don't... It's it's a, it's a, it's a really fun game. You can play by yourself, and you can also have somebody come play with you. Multiplayer is any game that I don't have to play alone, or that's how I define, uh, define it. Co-op is still multiplayer to me. Right. I'm not saying that co-op isn't multiplayer. I'm saying when you say, oh, that's a multiplayer game, Like, I feel like you're putting it into a category of that's the type of game that it is, right? It's a multiplayer game instead of a game that has multiplayer. Do you see? I know it sounds like I'm being pedantic, and we kind of are, but that's why I bristled and somebody else bristled at the idea of, like, you're going to list all these massive multiplayer games, and then you're going to throw in Baldur's Gate 3, and it's like, I mean... It has multiplayer. I don't know if it's a multiplayer game. Because like when I hear multiplayer, I'm thinking the identity of this game. It centers around multiplayer and playing with others. Eugene says, say you have 100 hours spent playing between 100 people. 75 of them play one hour of single player games. But that's spread amongst 50 different games. The other 25 hours is multiplayer split amongst five games those multiplayer games are going to be considered the most popular but single player as a genre is getting more total playtime. DK Bayer with the agent of chaos pushes us forward thank you so much taking us to 26 now with 50 being the next milestone I already paid the five that I owe you guys make sure you guys are smashing the like button we are uh, we are going to um, dive into the game today According to Wikipedia, a multiplayer video game is a video game in which more than one person can play at the same time. There's so many games that we would call multiplayer games that, like, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't traditionally think that's how, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been using it wrong, but Mario Galaxy, my wife could play along with me. Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Calling that a multiplayer game just feels so weird to me. It's like, it's a single-player game with the option of somebody coming alongside of you. You're expecting game journalists uh, to know the difference. They don't review multiplayers like COD or Halo. This isn't anything new. There's a huge disparity in what you play and they play. Getting flashbacks to how you define an RPG. Right. What's interesting is that Among Us is classified as a multiplayer game, but isn't a co-op game. Well, but it, that doesn't have to. It, it is a multiplayer game. It's a, it's a, it's basically a PvP game. It's player versus player. You know, player versus player. There's a reason why the term co-op came about instead of multiplayer. Would you call a Gran Turismo multiplayer game then? I don't know. Co-op is technically multiplayer, but we traditionally accept multiplayer as something with a high server slot amount 
or uh, of players like 20 plus. Can we talk more about Kill the Justice League? I'm on the fence if I want to play it or not. Uh, what is it directly about and how is it played? Well, the premise of the story is that the Justice League have been corrupted by Brainiac and the Suicide Squad is brought in to kill them and they're given special weapons to do so because obviously, you know, killing the Flash or the Green Lantern isn't going to be, you know, isn't going to be easy. So that's the premise of the game and people are actually upset that that's what happens in the game. <laughs> Co-op seems like a subset of multiplayer. Like for two players only. Yeah, multiplayer existed way before MMOs. Multiplayer originally would have been born out of games like Quake 2, where you could get on a server and play against each other. It probably doesn't matter, but you know, when you call something a multiplayer game, like Eugene is saying, I think you're saying a game is defined by its multiplayer elements versus a single-player game that has the option of playing with others. That's exactly what I've been trying to communicate. It's like, when you say, that's a multiplayer game, I'm like, oh, like that comes with all of these assumptions and presumptions. You know? This is probably going to get deleted. Maybe if enough people say they want a dating sim, it might get made. Would anybody like that? I want Luke still has a say. That's got to be what. Who cares about? Quake to an Unreal Tournament. If you were a hip to the OG Doom multiplayer servers, yeah, my first multiplayer game on a PC was Quake Two. All co-op games are multi, more than one, players, but not all multiplayers are co-op. Have you co-op as two players and multiplayer as three or more? Is Borderlands a multiplayer game then? Yeah, I just, again, this is just RPG again. That's exactly right. This is just RPG all over again. It's like, well... For me, for me, I'm not the definer of this. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from on it. For where I'm coming from on it, when somebody says that's a multiplayer game, I feel like that's a defining attribute of the game, that it's multiplayer. It's part of its identity. Whether it's Call of Duty or a live service game, something that's online, something that, you know, where you're, you are always playing and there's other people playing around, whether it's a MMO or PvP right games with co-op to me i've always called those co-op games or it's a single player game with co-op right you it's designed if you think about the way that like the dialogue works and all of the 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 mission procking and stuff and like a borderlands and something it's like it's a single player game primarily and then they have co-op in there for you to play with other people so if you're gonna if you're gonna call it something you would say it's, it's a co-op game. Yeah, co-op just means cooperative. There's not, yeah, there's not a numerical limit placed on that. Co-op is for games that you play together with someone else to win. Among Us doesn't have that. 
Well, they just call it multiplayer, where you play against other people. That's Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, like, it takes two little nightmares. I'm like, oh, that's a co-op game. And again, I'm just coming from a background of, like, multiplayer games are games where that's, that is the identity of the game, is that you are online with others. You are playing with other people. You, you, you can't really engage with the game in a non-multiplayer fashion. So calling Baldur's Gate 3 a multiplayer game, it's like, well, I mean, not really. It's, it's primarily a single-player CRPG, and co-op is available. You can play it cooperatively. But it's not like an MMO. It's not like a live service game. It's not like an online game. Does that make two-player fighting games co-op? Yeah, co-op is literally cooperative. That's exactly right, Parasito. That's what it was born out of. I remember constantly going to the the website Co-Optimus and being like, what co-op games are out there? Always trying to find co-op games. I think we, I think I want to move on from this though. I feel like we've done this before with RPG and it's kind of a waste of time. And I can see, I can see that people don't want to be a part of this discussion. They'd rather talk about the game. They'd rather talk about the review drama. So let's bring it back to the actual subject. Cause like I enjoy a good hair splitting discussion sometimes like let's split some hairs on this but I don't think this is productive and I don't think the audience is responding positively like we were we were kind of cruising talking Justice League and now we're getting caught up in you know which it's tangentially related to kill the Justice League the reason we got on this subject is because people look at a game like this and they're like I want single player I don't want a live service game I don't want a multiplayer game I wanted a single player game and that's how we got on this subject of like single player games are incredibly popular single player games are you know they're a very big driver in the industry and when you're known for single player like Rocksteady is do you when it comes to a game review do you think that the developers especially they seem and this is just my gut instinct hunch you know, some observation of behavior on Twitter. I really feel like the developers are annoyed with the gaming press. Like, the gaming press is sort of like, we think this is the game they should have made. We think live service elements, you know, are bad or unhelpful or whatever. And they're judging the game against that backdrop as opposed to judging the game as it exists. And being like, well, this is the game they set out to build does it succeed does it succeed in those endeavors sneaky wolf with eight months in a vip can the game be released and survive with or without multiplayer it's how to differentiate between the two like a fighting game with no multiplayer would die mario wouldn't right it's not part of its identity exactly suicide squad game that doesn't have co-op would be a fail in my opinion same as an avengers game Right, like, I don't know how you would have made this game purely single-player. It would have been weird. Now, I guess I could see it being single-player, and you're able to constantly switch between the four characters, and you're able to, like, direct the characters, right? Yeah, like, Guardians of the Galaxy worked. You know, it, it got high praise, it got good reviews, people seemed to like it. So they certainly could have built a game where you're con- controlling the squad, but 
I couldn't help but feel that playing through Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, hey, this would have been really fun to play through this game with my wife. You know? At which point, it would just be called a ripoff of Baldur's Gate or Guardians of the Galaxy. How would it be called a ripoff of Baldur's Gate? Where are you getting that? Yeah, you can play with bots. Yeah, I'm actually interested in the fact that like you can pull your buddy's character into your game and then he gets rewards. Rock City did not want to make this game. WB forced them to make this garbage. Do you have any evidence to support that? Because I've heard nothing but the opposite from the people that worked on this te- on this project. Now, obviously, they're not going to come out and say, we didn't want to build this game. But they have quite passionately defended that they wanted to make this game. They've said it on Twitter. They've said it in their videos. I can't help but watch their videos and not feel like they're really excited about this game. They're, like, smiling. Like, they're, like, pumped. It doesn't feel like your standard marketing affair. It's like they're, they're, they're all in on this title. I don't think if if you're forced to make a game, you you pour this much passion into the marketing or the content itself. It's like they've got like 20-something months of content planned. Having a single-player experience with multiple characters and jumping through the encounters by cycling which character you're controlling. Oh. Completely unrelated, but this game is also woke, AF, and cringy, which doesn't help. Oh, I, I can't wait for you to tell us how this game is woke and cringy. Can't wait. This should be good. There's been fighting games in the past that did well as single player. Yeah, I mean, there were certainly some fighting games that had pretty cool campaigns. Like, you played through the campaign. It was, you know, there's some pretty fun ones out there. You know? Make sure my, uh... See if my input's working. Nope. Oh, yes it is. Ah, yes. A buzzword warrior. I want to know, why is it woke? Please stop consuming all science fiction and comics then. It's not for you. I don't think anybody would say that Harley Quinn is woke. It's just a pejorative for something that you don't like. Mm. <clears throat> um. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It isn't. The game is great and has great writing. I haven't touched the game yet. I haven't touched the game yet. 
clearly you have if you think that the writing is cringy and the game is woke make your case so you just throw out assertions and when someone asks you to back up the assertion you you just bow out and say no you're right everything's great Um, DBR Batman Arkham devs explain why they picked Suicide Squad over uh, but they were forced to make this the developers behind the Arkham trilogy explain why Suicide Squad stars in their next project instead of uh, the Justice League yeah, but they were forced to make this for sure I hope you can form your own opinion, but boy, oh boy, Arkham, this is not. At what point did you get clued into the fact that this wasn't an Arkham game? Like, they're not... (laughs) They're not in Gotham. Clue number one. (laughs) Clue number two, it's uh, Suicide Squad. Clue number three, it's called Kill the Justice League. Clue number four, it's a live service looter shooter, co-op game. I mean, there were an awful lot of clues prior to today that this wasn't an Arkham game. You know? You had to boot it up and play it to figure that one out? (laughs) You had to boot it up and play it to be like, well, this certainly isn't an Arkham game. (laughs) Yeah, I I think we all could have told you that a year ago. Game is woke. Gets asked to provide an example. Changes the subject. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard to provide an example. Why is it woke? I I wish Rocksteady had the gall to actually honor the legacy of the character and franchise like God of War Valhalla did for Kratos and the God of War franchise, but corporate greed is a hell of a drug. So is reductionist argumentation. That's not like... You think this game only exists because of corporate greed. Maybe they just decided they had made enough Batman games and they didn't want to make another Batman game. Maybe they thought another Arkham game wasn't what they wanted to do. They had already done they had already done what 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 felt like enough. Now, yeah, the Batman story was done. You couldn't, you couldn't even use Hamill's Joker anymore, which was a huge, huge shift. It's like, they had to shift to something completely different. It's in the same universe? Yeah, that's fine, but it's not going to be the same type of game. Like, if it's in the same universe and they made a game where you played as the Flash, it, wouldn't, it would be a very different game than an Arkham game. The tone would be different, the fighting would be different, the movement, all of it would be completely different. So it's like... They they shifted they shifted away they shifted away from the Arkham games and telling another Batman story and it's like I get why they did that it's like they had already done enough with that arc and that story they did Batman wrong though without Hamill or Conroy who really wants another Arkham game that's what I'm saying Swade. Like, I would not want some cheap knockoff Arkham game where you don't have Kevin Conroy and you don't have Mark Hamill and then, what, you're going to have Batman go fight a bunch of B-list villains? He's already fought everybody. 
He's already fought all of the major villains throughout Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. Now, they can obviously reboot the franchise, but even then, you're going to be dealing with a lot of criticism. Would you really want to do a, a, a rebooted Batman and constantly hear the comparisons of like, well, the Joker's not as good and Batman's no, voice is not as good? Like, no, do something else and then you can avoid all those all those comparisons. Yeah, I believe Conroy got to do, he got to record, I'm assuming he got to record voice lines for this. I thought he got, I thought he was able to do that before he passed away. People are complaining about this online for being woke. We welcome all heroes. So that when they're, so when they're in the hall of justice, there's a pride thing. There's a pride flag that says we welcome all heroes. Like I said this morning, who do you think's making all of the costumes and the capes, man? You got <laughs> You know? Come on, man. Have you ever looked at Superman's outfit? <laughs> you know? Have you ever actually looked at both Superman and Batman's outfits like traditionally and thought to yourself, this is so masculine. (laughs) Dudes are running around in Speedos with capes. It's, uh, you know. (laughs) Come on, man. Somebody was designing those outfits. (laughs) You know? Batman Arkham Origins didn't even use Conroy or Hamill. It was Roger Craig Smith and Troy Baker. Yeah, Origins is the one that I didn't play, and I've heard mixed I've heard mixed reactions to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there some shock value to this? Harley's a card carrying member of that club, is she not? Yeah, I mean I always felt like they made it very clear that Harley Quinn liked both men and women. So is everybody anybody shocked? You know, like it's only cool when it's like, what, like two hot chicks? Like, you know, she's like constantly flirting. Not in this, obviously, because they've changed. They've changed the character of Poison Ivy. But the people that complain about snowflakes are the actual snowflakes. Projection, always projection, probably closeted. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not reading the rest of that. If we start crapping on Origins, I'm going to lose it. I I remember, uh, didn't Harley and Ivy hook up? I'm fairly certain there's plenty of comic arcs where they, they, yes, they become, they become an item in some respects. Harley's buy has always been the case. Pretty sure that's also true about Ivy Catwoman. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't seem to have ever have been, um, shy about that. Harley especially always seemed to make it pretty clear, you know, she liked Ivy in more like as more than than a friend. Yeah, 
Yeah, they have their own show, don't they? You didn't like Origins Dark Taco? I remember people saying that they, they, the, the Batman Origins, Batman, uh, Arkham Origins, I remember people saying it was like very, very mixed. Um, I, that's the one I never played. The, um, Arkham Knight's my favorite. Arkham Knight's my absolute favorite. Yeah, Arkham Origins has a 74 on Metacritic. That's on the 360. Can I see all platforms? Yeah, it landed in the mid the mid seventies. Arkham Origins did. I feel like Arkham Knight kind of got taken to task too because the freaking port was so bad. Arkham City has a ninety four on Metacritic. Looks like Arkham City uh, got the highest. Arkham Asylum has a ninety two. Arkham Knight landed in like the mid eighties. It looks like. I think Arkham Knight got a little bit of unfair treatment because the PC port was really, really bad, and also people were really grumpy about the Batmobile, which I thought was always overstated. Is Origins when he fights Deathstroke? Yeah, isn't that what happens in Origins? Isn't Deathstroke like the main the main guy, main antagonist? Another Arkham game, I think, would have just gone the way of like, we did. This is just another game. This is just another sequel. This is, just, you know, what I'm saying. Like the gaming community has been very, very critical of, of that recently. This idea that you, 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 you shouldn't, do, you shouldn't, you know, don't do a sequel. You know, all of the. All of the games that were nominated for Game of the Year were all sequels or the continuation of a franchise. So it's like, I, you know, I, I get, I get that people have their own opinions about what they should or shouldn't have done, but it's like, I have a feeling if they would have just done another Arkham game, it would have gotten a lot of those like comparisons of, yep, just another Arkham game. We've played this game before, you know. I am getting a setup here for gameplay. Um, I went to have my daughter play uh, Prince of Persia she ended up not not playing it she wanted to play it and then she ended up saying no Um, but I was setting her up to play Prince of Persia. It was like, you need a Ubisoft account. I'm like, what the frick? Uh...
Okay. Controls, invert, look, Y on, save, uh, video, camera shake, no, like a teeny bit of camera shake, motion blur off, field of view, I'm going to bump up to a hundred. Thermal green. Okay. Where do you set it? Um, is it, where do you set performance mode? Is that, is this, is it always on performance mode? Video doesn't even have the option. Favorite part of screen, Lono setting simulation. That's right. Right. Uh, edit. Customization redirect. It was just automatically 60 for you. Don't do a sequel. PlayStation making their fourth Spider-Man game. I I don't I don't dislike sequels. I think people that are like anti-sequel are weird. You know. I think they're weird. I think sequels are great. Are you ever gonna get one of those bleeding edge gaming PCs? I don't think so. I just don't care. Arkham City's got a 95. Arkham Asylum is a 96. These are all Steam scores. A 90 for Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight actually had a really hard time, too, on Steam because of the port. Arkham Origins is an 88. So Arkham Origins is the lowest. Even with the bad port, like, hurting the score of, uh, of Arkham Knight. Guardians of the Galaxy by Square Enix is the best team-based superhero game. No microtransactions, great story, amazing characters. Uh, just the hand-to-hand gameplay needed tweaking. Yeah, I mean, it, that game that game uh, was very largely, I think, unfairly treated because I think everybody was super apprehensive after the Avengers and then also because they didn't look like the movie character Guardians. I think that hurt it as well. People are like, who, who the heck are these guys? When do we play Fall Guys? Well, my wife and I are going to be playing Kill the Justice League this Friday night. And uh, that will be for the $6 member tier and above. So you're going to want to upgrade before Friday if you want to come to that stream. And we've done a bunch of Friday night streams uh, for everybody. We had like set goals and we said you get a monthly fight night or so I'm sorry, you get a monthly community game night. Um, 
and that's for all that's for all members to be able to kind of like sample it and see what they think and see if they like it or not uh but but we will periodically do Friday night streams with uh, with Madam on Cam, and when we do that, that is something that you need to be a paying member for. You can't be on a gifted tier. Um, so if we hit twenty seven fifty before Friday, I found a Deadpool onesie that I never used. I had gotten it for something, and we just never used it. If you can hit twenty seven fifty, we will do that on Friday night. I'll play Kill the Justice League with my wife, and I'll be wearing the onesie. Currently, we have twenty four fifty. So between now and Friday, you guys need to get three hundred members, which is, I think pretty easily done. You guys typically crush it. So, I'm going to provide you guys with a link and I'm also going to redirect you. Um. Make sure to turn on streamer mode before starting. Oh, really? Thank you. Oh my gosh. 10 gifted members from Parasito. That's a big one. Taking us to 36. He's like, make this man wear a onesie chat. Come on. Every 25 members you guys gift, I gift five back. Audio streamer mode on. Thank you for that heads up, Detective Seeds. Stream mode is now on in the audio settings. Paris says 300. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, if you don't turn it on, you get hit for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and it's usually immediate. It's usually immediate in games like this. Like they instantly have like the music playing. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna post the link in chat. If you yeah, if you guys ever become a member or you upgrade your membership, just make sure and pick the six dollar tier called member. You don't want to be on the gifted tier if you're paying for your own membership gifted tier is designed for you to sample the content let me do this all right we're getting sound all right the link is in chat i'm also going to redirect you guys let me make sure i have redirect set up before we start i do okay here we go Thanks so much for checking out this video. Diving into Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League gameplay. Servers have been having some issues, so hopefully we don't face that today. It's in the middle of the day on January the 30th, so hopefully we don't encounter any of those issues. And uh, we'll keep the we'll keep the the goal up here for you guys to see because we are still working on a big member goal. So. I am uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this game, but I'm going to be very critical if it doesn't do what I want it to do, or if I feel like it falls below quality. I'm going to end the previous stream and bring everybody over uh, from it uh, with redirect. If redirect fails.